Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Praise God. How many are thankful over souls being saved? You know, we're called to be witnesses. That doesn't necessarily mean you go a-witnessing, but it means you're a witness wherever you are. And uh, so you're, you're exuding something. Something's coming out of you everywhere you are. And if you're full of the Lord, it'll come forth. And I know Johnny and I talked about this the other day. We had lunch, but he, he mentioned to me about, you know, seeing the Holy Spirit. And I really believe the Lord will mark people to a believer so that you will, you'll be drawn to that person to minister to them. Uh, I know one time uh, recently I was uh, in a gas station uh, just stopped for fuel and we're just kind of wandering around the gas station waiting for the fuel to get done and uh, I was picked up a few things to buy to eat and uh, I walked up to the counter um, and as I was waiting in line for a couple of people in front of me and I don't think I had my Jesus pin on but I looked at the cashier and she was you know helping these gentlemen who were getting fuel for their semis and the Lord spoke to me and said pray for her. And I, I mean, she, I mean, I don't know, I honestly don't know if she, I believe she was a believer. I don't know for sure because I didn't get to that point. Um, the Lord didn't tell me to go there, but I sowed a seed, amen, or watered one, one or the other. And I just went up to the counter and she, you know, she kind of looked at me, she's getting things ready. And I said, I said, can I pray for you? And she goes, yes. I mean, without no hesitation, she's like, yes, you know, and I just went like this and she grabbed my hand. And so I prayed for healing, actually, for her. God to touch her body. It wasn't, I didn't even have to pull teeth. Because <laughs> we're carriers, right? I mean, in more ways than one. You say, what do you mean? Well, we carry concealed, and <laughs> we carry concealed. But we're supposed to reveal Christ, amen, everywhere we go. And so we, we are those, and, and, and this is what I need you to understand. You are a witness. You are everywhere. Now, you don't have to do it the way Johnny does it. Those are all good tools and techniques. Um, I don't do it the exact way he does. He doesn't do it the exact way I do. But these are just ways to, you know, whatever the Lord leads you to do, do that. If it's pray for the neighbor, you start praying for the neighbor. And I pray for divine appointments. I'm believing God. I'm going to run into somebody, some way, somehow. And a lot of times, I don't, it's not something I conjure up. I'm just at the right place at the right time. And I'm leading somebody to the Lord. I'm praying for a healing. I'm, whatever it is, something is going to happen. Why? Because the Lord promised that if we would go and we were his disciples, he would confirm his word with signs following. And you have that same authority in you if you're born again. Amen? People say, well, don't, have you ever been rejected? Tell us rejection stories. Plenty of times. I've had people tell me they're not good enough yet to receive Christ. I'm thinking, you never will be. And I could not get them to, I could not lead them to receive the Lord. I was one time on the street preaching. 
sharing the Lord with people, not like a megaphone preacher like you may think, um, but not that I'm against those, because whatever. And uh, uh, I was ministering to a guy, and I don't know, he was waiting for a ride. He just happened to be where I was walking, and uh, I'm ministering to him, and he's crying. This guy's probably 19, 20 years old. I was probably 28, maybe somewhere in, in, in between there, 28 and 30, somewhere in there. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just ministering to him, talking to him, and uh, he's weeping. I said, I said, Jesus loves you. He's moving on your heart right now. He's like, no, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's not the right words. What he meant was I won't because anybody can if they choose Amen. Yeah. You, the, Jesus has taken every hindrance out of the way for you to get to Father God. They're gone. They're already gone. All of them are gone. Come on, all of them are gone. N- none of them remain. He is the first and the last. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to heaven. None. But receiving Him. Amen. Come on. The early church was so convinced of it, they were willing to die for it. Hallelujah. People are like, I don't know if I want to do that. I really have my comforts. Sometimes we get our priorities messed up, don't we? Amen. So it takes strong... Uh, you got to hear from the Lord on these things, and you have to stay after it. Amen? Let's, you're in Matthew 9, correct? Hallelujah. Sometimes people go, well, all these people doing these things, and I'm not doing it. It condemns me. No, you're convicted. You're not condemned because nobody's making you do anything. The issue is you have something in your heart that needs to be dealt with in your fellowship with the Lord. Don't blame me because you're not obeying. Come on, that's what the world does. Well, it's your fault that my finances are in a mess. You know, people do this. They blame their parents. It's your fault that I'm so screwed up. Well, maybe partially. But like I tell my kids, you'll have your chance to screw yours up. <laughs> I felt the anointing on that. I was just... <laughs> you say, what do you mean? I, the Lord will always, if you let him, eradicate the excuses for disobedience in your life. He always will. He'll pull the poison straight out. He won't leave it there. Well, it hurts. Uh-huh. I don't like it. Welcome to the club. It hurts the flesh to be disciplined. But it's worth it. Because he's not doing it to destroy me. He's doing it to heal, to strengthen, to mature me. See, what people don't realize sometimes, and I'm in a a little bit of a vein here, just a prophetic vein, but people don't realize this sometimes. They get so focused on what somebody else did that the enemy is able to dupe them into repeating the exact same thing that hurt them. And you better watch it, because the devil's good at it. In the middle of those circumstances, you know, this was years ago, you know, I thought, my dad uh, asked me one time, he called me up, and he was doing some 
uh, studying some different ministry things and, and uh, uh, just some uh, scriptures on, you know, being forgiving and, and clearing things out of your life that can be clutter in your spirit and in your soul. And so he was going through all these things, and he called me one time, and he said, I want to meet with you. And he said, is there, and we, so we met for, uh, I think, breakfast or lunch some, uh, one time, and he said, is there anything that, you know, that I did when you were growing up that, you know, bothered you or that I can make right? I'm not going to ask my kids that. I'm just going <laughs> to. But, <laughs> no. I apologize now. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, and I, so I'm, you know, and I'm trying to be spiritual with him, you know, and I'm thinking, maybe I got to come up with something, you know, <laughs> and, and I, and so I kind of came up with some things and, you know, he apologized, I guess, and, well, he did, I shouldn't say I guess, but afterwards I'm like, Lord, it didn't really, you know, it didn't feel right in me, not from him, but on my part. And, I, and I'm thinking about it, and the Lord said to me, my love's in you, Sean, which means you've forgiven. Yeah, but they did it wrong. Uh-huh. And have you done everything right? Have I done everything right? No. So what do we do? We forgive the way the Lord forgave us. And we let it go. Now watch. Now I want you to see this. Don't disconnect on me. I want you to see this. Now, at that point, you are now powerful and effective to help bring redemption to the one that hurt you. Because prior to that, you weren't. The Lord has to use someone else. And He will. Because He's good. But I would rather be with Jesus, and go, I let it go. It's not fair. You're right. It hurt, uh-huh. But you don't want to end up being stuck in your life in one place. Never getting to where God has you to be. And the biggest thing is the level of fellowship that is hindered with your Creator. When you hold that. Amen? And people say, well, I just don't, what do you do? How do you, how do you do, how do you get to that place? You abandon all of your ability to kind of conjure up and think about what you should do. And you say, Lord, I take every bit of your grace. Help me because I can do nothing of myself in this situation. Amen? Nothing of myself. Will you make it with the Lord? Yes, you will. You'll overcome. Because in Him, you're more than a conqueror. Amen? Come on. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to what? Triumph in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> We've got victory in Him. All right, let's get into this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. The Lord of the harvest, if you're taking notes. That's our next point here. The Lord of the harvest. It says this, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That's just like Jesus, isn't it? 
Verse 36 says, then when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with what? Compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So let's look at a few of uh, translations concerning verse 36 here. A few different translations. So this is Matthew uh, chapter 9, verse number 36. It says, he was moved with compassion. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. One translation says, his heart was moved with compassion for them. He was touched with pity for them. He deeply pitied them. You know, sometimes in the church, I feel like we get so righteous indignation-minded that we forget about compassion. Amen? So it says, those are just a few translations, and then it says this, because they were what? Why was he moved with compassion for them? Because they were weary and what? Scattered. Come on, have you seen people in the world? Are they weary and scattered? Because they're what? Like sheep with or having no shepherd. Because they're weary, they were weary and scattered. Other translation says they were torn and thrown down. They were mangled and thrown to the ground. They were distracted and dejected. They were worried and helpless. Do you know why your neighbors mean to you? Because they're worried and they're helpless. They have no help. It isn't because they just, oh, I just hate that person. They don't even know why they hate that person. But when we are witnesses, when we are salt and light, we can go into the situation and turn the situation around. And even if we don't, we get the privilege to suffer for the gospel's sake with Jesus Christ. You know, I might preach on that to the point where people shout and run over suffering. I don't want to do, you know, we're baptized in lemon juice. I'm a Christian. If we have no more victory than the world, something's wrong. Come on. Anybody can wake up and be what they feel that day. It doesn't, you don't even have to, there is no special anointing to be crabby. There is no special grace from heaven to fight with your neighbor the way your neighbor fights with you. But when grace comes, you're willing to lay down your own because you know who's going to lift you up. And you care, there's a, there's a, a vision the, the salve of heaven is over your eyes, and you see humanity the way the Lord does. And he see, he's moved with what? Compassion. So if my motivation is revenge, I'm in the flesh. Verse 37 says this, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is what? Truly plentiful, but the labors are fierce. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest field. 
to send out laborers into his harvest field. Another translation says, the Lord of the harvest to thrust forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus urged his disciples to pray for more workers. He wanted to prepare the disciples spiritually so that under these urgent circumstances, they might experience the same calling as he himself had. How many know we have the same calling that Jesus had? Do you know that Jesus didn't go to heaven and go and sit down and go, okay, we're done. He said, I've done my part and I've empowered you. Now you do my part and go. Amen. Somebody say, be a witness. In other words, there was an urgency in Jesus that he desired his disciples to experience for lost souls. He still desires this today. Ironside Commentary says this, The heart of our blessed Lord was deeply moved as He beheld the multitudes with no one in Israel to guide them aright. They were, unlike, they were like unshepherd sheep until He, the good shepherd, came to feed and care for them. He directs the attention of His disciples to the great harvest fields filled with precious souls needing to know the truth concerning Himself. Into this harvest field they were to go forth and reap. He bids them pray, the Lord of the harvest, to send forth laborers to gather in the ripened grain. When we read this in connection with the Lord's words of, uh, uh, at the well of Sakar, we understand something of the deep concern that Jesus ever has for the salvation of lost men and women. In John chapter 4, verse 35 through 37, he says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth what? Wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. You're gathering fruit unto, unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. These words may well be taken to our own hearts. He would, he would have us look on the fields, go forth to sow and reap and to pray, that many more may be raised up to carry on the great work of world evangelism. The question then becomes, do we see and are we moved? Jesus did what? He looked and he was what? Moved with. And his heart is your heart. Secondly, this morning, Mark chapter 1 verse 16, make us fishers of men. And it says this in verse 16, as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Other translations of this, of this phrase, I will make you become fishers of men, say, I'll make you fish for me. I will teach you to catch men. I will cause you to be fishers of men. Do you notice a common theme here? Jesus is the one that causes you to be it. You are not going to do a good job in your own strength, but in His you will. People say sometimes, they say, well, if, you, if we just had all these methods, methods are good, I'm, I'm for methods, but fellowship with the Lord will be the greatest method you ever come up with. Because you know, you, you realize this, you can carry the presence of the Holy Spirit outside of this building. 
I said, you realize this? You can carry the presence of the Holy Spirit outside of this building. I said, you are the house of the living God. You carry him. People say, well, I don't feel it. Stop feeling it and faith it. When you walk into the grocery store, don't just think Sean or whoever is walked, Bob's walking into the grocery store. Think Jesus is stepping in now. I carry the presence of God with me because I'm in covenant. I'm in His kingdom. His kingdom is in me. He has made me a part of the family. I'm now a child of God. So every demon in this place, I take authority over you right now in the name of Jesus. Because the sole of my foot is treading here. And then just remember to have all your tackle ready. Fishers of... You say, what do I do? You get you a Jesus pin and put bait out. (laughs) Come on. I am just like you in the sense that I have a natural part of me. And a thought comes to me when I have my coat on with my Jesus pin. When I'm getting ready to get out of the car. A thought comes to me and says, you really need that coat? I mean, people are going to see that pin. You say, that thought comes to you? I'm as human as you are. And the devil still works in this arena. Yes, that thought comes to me. You say, what do you do? Leave the coat on. Well, I don't feel like it. Uh Uh-huh. That's what Jesus said. He said, come and follow me if you feel like it. Dear Lord, saturate this body with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Saturate them. Why? Because the harvest is what? Whoo! It's ready to go. Well, you don't know my personality. You don't know Jesus's. Well, you don't know how I was raised. You don't know who made you. Come on, I can argue all day on this. I want you to accept what he said about you. Well, they'll make fun of me. Awesome! Yes! Glory to God! Finally, you've stepped out to the point where you've reached the level of being made fun of for your following of Jesus Christ. Well, they'll they'll say things about me. They'll they'll think I'm a whack, a crazy. They already do. (laughs) Just abandon yourself to the one who abandoned himself to you. The fire of God is available to do through you what you cannot do yourself. Glory to God, hallelujah. I'm telling you what. People say, oh, you're just an excitable person. Maybe. But you can always pray. You can always walk through Home Depot and pray. You can always walk through wherever and pray. Yeah, Trista does. She works there. (laughs) And if you find Trista there, you can pray with her while you're in Home Depot. And she can tell you who needs Jesus. (laughs) Say it with me. Say, Jesus, make us fishers of men. Say it with me. My hands are anointed with good bait. Glory. 
Glory to God. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Powerful. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. We'll end here. Prep yourself, joy. (laughs) All right. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. This is where we're going to end. This is what I'm going to pray for you. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait from the promise of the Father. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Watch this, verse 5. We read this at the beginning. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? With the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive, and it actually means to seize or take hold of power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be what? Why are they witnesses? Because the Holy Spirit did what? Came. They're witnesses because uh, they, they, they're in the kingdom of God now, so now they're witnesses. They're born again. No, they become witnesses when what? The Holy Spirit comes upon them. People say, oh, I don't know how to be a witness. All we have to do is get the Holy Spirit on you. That's all we got to do. Now, you're going to have to keep throwing logs on the fire through fellowship. But all we have to do, come on, take the pressure off yourself. People say, I got the seven steps. I know the Romans road. I know these things, okay? And they work. And when the Lord brings them up, I use them. But sometimes I don't. But you shall be witnesses To me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, watch this, and to the, where's Billings? The end of the earth. (laughs) I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it is to you, I don't know. This is where I ended up. This is where God dropped me. Now he thrust me into the frame of time in Seattle, Washington, in that area. I came through the door. You say, what door? My mother. Just like you. I mean, not my mother, your mother, but. (laughs) But then he put me here. You say, why did he put you here? Well, I know this. He appeared to my dad, and that's how we got here. (laughs) Seemed like a good place. End of the earth. You shall receive power. Take hold of it. Seize it when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is a play on words. The Father has authority over times and seasons, but they will receive authority to be witnesses in the dispensation. Believers have been given power to operate in the times and seasons which come under the Father's sovereignty. We need to be concerned with our dominion, And God will rule over His. The ultimate use of the power of the Holy Spirit is witnessing. 
Whether the power is released through the gifts of the Spirit or through the words of the disciples' mouths, the final result is winning of souls. No gift is given to enhance the user or to build his reputation or her reputation. God is interested in spiritual results. Jesus is preparing the disciples for the mantle of power to be witness, to witness. Their, their public ministry, like Jesus's, begins after the Holy Spirit comes upon them. How many realize this? They were ready to run the moment that Jesus, they saw Jesus raised from the dead. You guys realize that, right? And what did he say to them? Don't leave yet. He said what? Wait until you receive power, okay? In the new birth, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. Following the new birth, we can receive power after the Holy Spirit comes where? Upon us. This, will, this event will occur many times in the book of Acts. You can read this in Acts chapter 10, verse 45. You can read it in Acts chapter 19, verse 6. The gospel will spread from Jerusalem, the northern kingdom, and Judea, the southern kingdom, to the Gentiles all over the world. Acts chapter 19, verse 6 says this, And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. If you read verse 1 through 5, you'll see they were already born again. Acts chapter 8, verse number 14 says this, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what had they done? They had received what? The word of God. Who is the word of God? Jesus, which means they were what? Born again, right? They were children of God. Then after that, they sent Peter and John to them, verse 15, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. But I thought they already received the, the word of God. See, this is a separate thing. And then it says this, verse 16, for as yet he had Excuse me, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of what? The Lord Jesus, which means they were what? Born again. Verse 17, then they laid what? Hands on them and they, the Holy Spirit. Why don't you stand this morning? Are you willing to receive? Well, some of you are. How many would like power to witness? Now, people say, well, I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you might have leaked. <laughs> My experience has been Christians leak. Am I the only one that has experienced that? <laughs> Go ahead and just whenever, yeah, praise God. My experience has been is that Christians leak. They do. I mean, I know it sounds funny, but it's really a serious issue. <laughs> it's really a serious problem because if we're going to be witnesses there should be something that where somebody looks at us and goes something's different about them amen something's different about them amen something different thank you for taking the time to listen today if you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.